Blog Talk Radio. If you are a parent, whether you are a nomad roaming the grasslands of Tibet, sleeping in tents, or you're living beside the unrivaled waters of Monaco or Baja or the Caribbean, if you are a parent, whether you hail from the rainforests or the caves of rugged mountains, or you're a worker in mines in China or Africa or Mexico, or you're a planter of vineyards, or you're a barista, or a teacher, or an engineer, or a lawyer, or a doctor, or a businessman, or a driver, whether you're parenting alone or with a partner, or is privileged to have the loving support of an entire village there to help you rise to the natural challenges of humanity. If you are a parent of sound mind, more likely than not, you share in the universal dreams for your child, for your children. You want your child to be safe, to be valued, to be free to achieve his or her fullest potential, to be respected, to enjoy a life that is no worse than your own, and most probably you will say far better. If you're a parent of sound mind, which of your children will dream of you agreeing to them being bullied and harassed? Which of your children dreams of being dumped in a trash can? dumped upon or psychologically pummeled in the name of anything or anyone or for any reason which of your children does not dream to be safe to be valued to be free to achieve his or her fullest potential to be respected, to enjoy a life that is far better than ever was. The last couple of days, we had heard that Tyler had his head shoved into a wall walker. He said he's a geek. My concern is that you were making someone feel so uncomfortable they didn't want to be in school. I feel kind of nervous going to school because I like learning, but I have trouble with making friends. As he said he's a geek. Some kids have told him he's worthless to go hang himself. And I think he got to this point where enough was enough. Tonight a tragic situation. A Perkins boy, just 11 years old, believed to have been desperate enough to take his own life. This is an awfully complicated and difficult issue. Kids will be kids, boys will be boys. They're just cruel at this age. Here what we get is nothing's wrong. We didn't do anything. Everything's fine. They punch me, strangle me, take things from me, sit on me. You miss you that hard! He's not safe on that bus. I've been on that bus. They are just as good as gold. My voice is not going to fall silent. I will go to my grave until a difference is made. We reached out to parents that have lost kids, parents of kids that are being bullied all over the world, and it took off like wildfire. All it takes is for one person to stand up. Be the difference. Go out and find that one child, that new kid, standing over there by himself. Be willing to stand up for him. Everything starts with one and builds up. Eventually, we have an army. If we all do it together, we will change the world. My name is Neville D'Angelo. I'm your host, and we are on the journey. My name is James Tate. I'm the chair of Glisten Greater Dallas, and I'm on the journey with Neville D'Angelo. Welcome to the journey. 
Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to life's tricky little problems. We play a few games too and track the remarkable characters of three classic books A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicit A Time to Begin Again, all of which you can get from Amazon or Barnes and Noble for your digital devices, your iPad, your Nuke, Kindle, paper, or audio. Enjoy! I invited James Tate on the journey to discuss this difficult issue of bullying. He is an accomplished advocate and speaker. The last time he was on the journey, he came as the founder of the Dallas Citizens Prosecutor Academy. I heard that the Academy is doing pretty well, and of course I will invite him at a future date to give us a progress report on the Academy. Today, however, I'd like us all to sit down around the issue of bullying. James, I'm very glad that you're back with us again. I know now you're back wearing a different hat, <laughs> uh, chair of the Dallas chapter of GLSEN, and we want to find out a lot about GLSEN today. I want to share a lot about GLSEN today. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that it, uh, you guys strive to assure that each member of every school community is valued and respected, and as you already know from some of my comments and discussions with you, I find it hard to believe that is that is something that we have to work for, that every parent and every educator does know that every student should be respected and valued, that that's best for the whole community. But obviously that's not the case. So uh, can you tell us why you guys need to be in there? Absolutely. Um, well, my experience uh, thus far in a chapter capacity, there are currently 35 chapters of GLSEN um, in different locations throughout the country. And once I came back from D.C. and began the process of becoming accredited as a local chapter, what we really had to do was um, monitor the situation currently. What was the climate in Dallas and DFW and the surrounding communities? And uh, not so surprisingly, what we found is um, those very things still exist in these schools, mm-hmm. uh, not just on a student level mm-hmm. of students being harassed by other students, but professionally profoundly um, that educators and facilitators in schools, counselors, um, superintendents, school board members, were playing a part in that process Mm. in not only not protecting the students, but being a part of the process, and in many cases, being the instigators and the bullies themselves. Mm. So how does GLSEN deal with this, this problem? GLSEN National, um, the office in New York, uh, obviously uh, is the full capacity and operation of GLSEN, uh, the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, and they provide all of the local chapters with um, a variety of resources Mm -hmm. um, so that we can do our jobs on the ground level in our own communities. And we really um, are able to support our students in in several ways. Mm -hmm. Um, First and foremost, through education, and that's educating students and uh, counselors, educators, all the way up on the issues uh, of bullying and harassment in the schools and ways in which they can address those, be that through in-school trainings with um, administrators and faculty members or direct contact with students and really uh, making aware of the situation and the ramifications that seem to exist with students if they are being bullied. Um, I don't think that most students really realize uh, what it feels like to actually be bullied if they're on the other end. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that it creates um, lifelong um, burdens and that it's something that that is carried throughout the bullied youth's life. Mm So what? T- tell me a, a couple of things that 
you tell parents to do or you tell educators to do or you tell bullies to do uh, or, or do you do you concentrate more on that aspect of the bullying equation or do you concentrate on the persons who are bullied um both actually we really want to provide um a safe space and that's one of the major campaigns that mm -hmm. glisten and all of the chapters participate in it's called the safe space uh, campaign, mm -hmm. and what we do is provide a safe space kit mm -hmm. to uh, each school mm -hmm. um, in the area, and it really gives a variety of resources to either a counselor or an educator um, to where they can actually put a safe space sticker, which first and foremost um, provides visibility to mm -hmm. any students that may be in the school that need some type of safe haven, a place to feel comfortable in their school. Mm -hmm. So that's how we you know, begin the conversation of um, providing some ease to a student that may be being bullied. Um, on the other end of the equation... Well, before you go to the other end of the equation, if you don't mind, uh, let me just understand this. So you, you have a safe space sticker, but is that a space that is left available for students who are bullied? Absolutely. Or, okay. Um, so, go ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say that... W at that point, once um, an educator or a counselor, someone inside of the administration, mm -hmm. uh, signs on to mm -hmm. be a, um, a safe space facilitator, mm -hmm. um, they're really taking on the challenge of saying, my office, my classroom, mm -hmm. my venue is mm -hmm. made available to you. Okay. This is a safe space to be who you are mm -hmm. uh, without the threat of being bullied. Okay. Now, I want to make sure uh, uh, one thing. There... So it's great to have a space that a bullied student could go to and step a, step aside from the problem. Correct. But I don't see that solving the problem. I said, okay, go ahead. You're talk. absolutely right. right so and it doesn't. Okay, um, good. In, in, in the way that we do things, that's almost like the first step. Okay. Um, it's the easiest step, to be honest, mm -hmm. um, and it gives some immediate relief to the situation. Mm -hmm. So at at that point, at least the student would have a place to go. Right. Now, eventually, what we what we move in to do is um, start to have the conversations with people that would be able to make change inside of those schools. Mm -hmm. Normally, we start with principals mm -hmm. and then moving up into superintendents of the district or the school board, and that's where the public policy aspect comes into what we do. Mm -hmm. um, we are very active and involved in uh, creating. Um, and, and hopefully uh, being adopted uh, safe, um, safe space or anti-bullying and harassment policies mm -hmm. that are enumerated and give um, you know, protection directly to uh, students that are LGBT identified or perceived to be LGBT. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where the true change, so to speak, mm -hmm. comes into play mm -hmm. because then the students actually have some type of um, backing or grounding. Mm -hmm. So if they are being bullied, they can go to someone that is in a position of power and say, this is happening to me, mm -hmm. I'm protected by the policy that's adopted in this school district, and you have to change something. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that this program is um, uh, to protect gay, lesbian, but and straight uh, students. Absolutely. Right. Um, our our mission is obviously to provide a safe learning environment for all students. Right. Hmm. Um, we are an LGBT-identified organization, mm -hmm. uh, but also um, the incidence of bullying and harassment uh, is significantly higher for LGBT students mm -hmm. as opposed to other forms of bullying because of size or gender, mm -hmm. religious affiliation. Um, I mean, we, we definitely recognize and realize that there is bullying in all forms right. and fashion. Mm -hmm. um, however, the incidence of being bullied because of your orientation, mm -hmm. um, either actual or perceived, uh, or uh, your gender identity or expression, mm -hmm. um, is much, much higher mm -hmm. than for any other reasons of being bullied. So we really want to um, obviously give a, a lot of our presence mm -hmm. to those students that are being bullied the most, and that just happens to be LGBT students. students. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, we'll be right back. Uh, to discuss the steps that you as a supporter or an educator or as a student can take to stop bullying in your space.
Let me take this moment to encourage you to check out our life blog that is found at matchboxmystery.wordpress.com. Matchbox Mystery is one word. Matchboxmystery.wordpress.com. You will find lots of re- helpful resources on this and other topics. James, we were talking about the safe space available in schools for bullied students. What exactly goes on after that student has declared that he or she has, was being bullied and now he's found someone that can help him? Okay. Um, well, again, it's important for us to uh, to develop some type of immediate impact and, and we feel that with the Safe Space Kit it does that. It alleviates a lot of the pressure off of the student immediately because they're no longer in a position where they have no place to go. Many times these students are not accepted at home either, so it's not like they could go home and get any type of support from a parent um, or a family member. So this gives uh, an immediate response to the situation by creating that safe zone and that environment where they can really be who they are and feel comfortable in who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's just step one. Mm-hmm. There, This is a, a, a multifaceted problem right. and uh, respectively takes a lot of steps and a lot of figures um, that are involved in doing so. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we tread carefully mm-hmm. on the way in which we uh, engage directly with the bullies because we have to make sure that we're not bullying ourselves. Right. Um, you know, many times the the bully doesn't really understand that mm-hmm. they are bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, it. I'm a firm believer that you know you become what you were in your environment. Mm-hmm. So if you, as a young person, you're very impressionable by the environment in which you live. So Mm -hmm. if you have parents that are extremely judgmental Mm -hmm. um, or biased or, um, you know, against, you know, gays or lesbians or any other, uh, you know, form of person that might be bullied, uh, they pick up on that at a young age. Mm -hmm. And so we're very cautious in the way in which we um, address the situation with the bullies directly. Um, A lot of the ways that we like to go about that is to support any type of um, media or literature that involves understanding and awareness of the issue of bullying Mm -hmm. and what it means to be a bully um, and how to identify if you are being a bully. There's amazing uh, research and literature out there. Uh, One in particular is uh, the new movie, Bully, um, and it's kind of a documentary film of five different cases Mm-hmm. Um, in different areas, um, and it provides some type of understanding and maybe uh, awareness that would resonate with somebody that is bullying and saying, oh my goodness, this is what I'm doing to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives you know, uh, the bully an opportunity to really step back and say, what I'm doing is really hurting somebody else, mm-hmm. and, and this is going to carry on with them for a long period of time. So we're just as cautious in our approach with the bully themselves. But at the same time, we have to create um, some type of security mechanism, uh, such as policies that give protection and relief to the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another aspect that we are, are largely involved in on, on two different levels. Um, GLSEN is very well known for helping to establish and facilitate gay-straight alliances mm-hmm. in schools which kind of takes the safe space one step further mm-hmm. and provides for a um, a group of individuals that are either LGBT themselves mm-hmm. or the allies, okay. which I'll come back to later, is a very important okay. um, piece of the puzzle, right. um, straight allies to those students. Mm-hmm. And that uh, not only creates awareness, um, but creates a larger safe haven for these students to realize I'm not the only one mm-hmm. um, and I have people that respect and love me and support me for who I am mm-hmm. inside and outside of my school. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with those who say, listen, I've been bullied, it made me a stronger person, now I'm better off for it, so what's this big deal? How do you deal with I hear that over and over again, either that it's um, it, it strengthens a student in character or, uh, you know, m- 
motivates them to be an even stronger person. It's it's a facade, honestly, for for the situation that takes place. I won't say that in in instances maybe it did make someone stronger. We are not all built with the same capacity to deal with certain issues, mm-hmm. um, and. I believe that it's actually our moral imperative to intervene in situations where a student um, simply cannot uh, deal with being bullied. Um, they don't have the the strength in their own character to rise above that and say, this is happening to me now, and uh, I'm going to be a stronger person. I wish that was the case, but clearly, because of the suicides resultant from bullying and harassment, mm-hmm. um, it, it would be naive to say that in all cases, Students are going to grow and learn from the situation. Okay. Talk to me about the Think Before You Speak campaign. Think Before You Speak is really a, um, a campaign that we have involved other uh, organizations in as well. And uh, because of the celebritum that, that follows GLSEN, we've been able to have you know um, important figures really speak to the issue about uh, words and the semantics and their meaning mm-hmm. behind them. Everyone, you know, it, it's become kind of culturally acceptable for youth to say that's so gay, mm-hmm. meaning that it's bad or dumb or ignorant, mm-hmm. um, and they're equating being gay with mm-hmm. that. Now, on a surface level, one would just say that's just a catchphrase in, in a young environment. However, for someone that identifies as being gay, um, the word is much more weighted mm-hmm. um, and really puts them in a space of saying, wow, like who I am is is what they're equating to being dumb or stupid or ignorant or bad or, or any of the other adjectives that you would use to describe the meaning of what they're trying to say by that. So we've been fortunate to have um, a, a variety of people speak in our campaign, mm-hmm. uh, Think Before You Speak, um, in a fashion of taking other words uh, and applying the same weight. Um, Wanda Sykes has an amazing YouTube video, um, a commercial 30-second spot that she shot for us, um, and she's overhearing, she's in a diner and she's overhearing some some, uh, young guys behind her, in the booth behind her, um, you know, using the word, you know, that's so gay, to mean that it's stupid. And so she stands up and turns around and says, how would you like it if I said, that's so 14-year-old with a mustache that can't grow or something like that. But um, that's one of about four different uh, spots that that Glisten National um, was able to create. And what it really wanted to do was to, like we were saying, about showing the bully what you're really doing. And that's what the Think Before You Speak campaign does. It addresses applying that same meaning or that same feeling behind saying it's so gay or that's so gay to other words that are commonly used mm-hmm. um, amongst youth. Well, we're going we're gonna to put a link to your website, which will include some of those videos uh, on the journey, but can you tell us what your website is? Sure. It's glistendfw.org. That's G-L-S-E-N-D-F-W.org. Now, you also have um, a sports project, Changing the Game yes. campaign. Can you talk to us about that? It's um, a newer development uh, that we've come up with um, on a national level. It hasn't been fully rolled out um, on a chapter level yet. It's something that we're becoming more familiar with ourselves. But basically what it is is uh, our direct approach with coaches mm-hmm. um, in in schools across the country to basically have their teams sign on to um, a an idea of saying that being inside of a sports team in a school, we're all going to say that uh, this is also a safe space mm-hmm. for LGBT mm-hmm. students that um, are involved in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant Hill did an amazing piece for us uh, where he, like Wanda Sykes, um, created an ad for us that addressed specifically sports-related um, students and activities. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, in our research, obviously, we found that it, it seems to be one of the most uh, volatile environments inside of schools, uh, inside of the sports programs, where uh, it was just absolutely, you know, kind of 
an underlying concept that, that being gay and being, you know, involved in sports were... <laughs> there was, the two would certainly not um, be compatible, um, which is, again, I mean, it's naive to say that. There's a lot of um, LGBT-identified students that are fully active in, in their sports teams. And so uh, this is kind of a campaign that we've just rolled out to help those students um, and to really like move forward with our process of trying to create an equal, diverse environment inside of schools. Um, so obviously you want to hit the area that, that seems to be most uh, affected. Now I'm, I'm going to ask you about some of your other campaigns and how you guys can afford to do all of this. But you mentioned something just now, and that is that you've got several chapters, right? So I'm assuming that there is some mother organization, <laughs> and then there's all these chapters. Uh, can you can you just break that down for us? Sure. So. Um, basically, there is the mother organization <laughs> is in New York, right. um, and it's the Glisten headquarters. Mm -hmm. But we also have <coughs> a public policy office in Washington D.C., uh, which is where I interned mm -hmm. um, in the last semester of my undergraduate studies. And the Public Policy Office is, uh, basically deals with, um, with both state campaign level and, and federal legislative initiatives. And I have to say that, um, that our President Barack Obama just publicly um, gave his support for two of the measures that are uh, before uh, Congress right now uh, with bipartisan support for both. Uh, the first of those is the Student Non-Discrimination Act and the second is the Safe Schools Improvement Act, which are both um, uh, profound uh, pieces of legislation that would provide um, security and safety not only to students, mm -hmm. but also to the educators themselves. So we have the uh, New York office that deals most closely with the chapters, mm -hmm. um, and basically it's just uh, you know, the larger organization, each chapter has a uh, national liaison, mm -hmm. um, and that's who I work with um, most of the time to help uh, disseminate the information from a national level into our communities here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And also, um, they give us direction and mm -hmm. guidance in the things that we want to do. I have to say that um, we obviously have to abide by all of the um, guidelines and bylaws laid out by the national chapter. Mm -hmm. We are um, a 501c3 underneath a national organization, so mm -hmm. um, we definitely have parameters, but they give us free reign <coughs> on top of the uh, the initiatives and the campaigns that they do on a national level mm -hmm. to really embrace our own community and create uh, additional projects um, that we think would work locally in our own community. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I know that you're chair of, obviously, of the Dallas uh, Fort Worth area or the Dallas chapter, but our program is heard throughout the United States and other places. If someone wants to find out if there's a chapter in their area, where do they get that information? Absolutely. What they would do is go to the website, the national website, which is easily www.glisten.org, G-L-S-E-N.org, and on that website um, there's a a category that says um, about us or uh, what we do and underneath that it says chapters and you can actually search by state and it'll bring up every chapter that's in each state with full contact information of the chair or the operating person in that area. So if you look at that list and you find there is no chapter in your area, is there something that you can do to get the chapter started? or to link up with a chapter that is close by? Absolutely. Both of those things are possible. Um, uh, what a lot of people or a lot of interested parties can do mm -hmm. is um, either find um, a chapter that's close to them, mm -hmm. and uh, at that time they can normally give them some type of resources to which they could get involved, volunteering projects. Um, obviously by donating you know, mm -hmm. financial resources helps in that effort. Mm -hmm. And if they're so inclined and, and would like to, um, there's an entire department on a national level called uh, New Chapter Development. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. They help um, you know, persons who have said, this is something I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. I want to take the time and energy to actually start a chapter mm -hmm. in my area, which mm -hmm. is exactly what I did when mm -hmm. I came back from D.C. Mm -hmm. um, and they really give you um, amazing support in doing that and really walk you through the process of starting your own chapter in your city. Well, that's pretty good. Now, when we're back, we're going to talk about um, 
some more of the campaigns that you guys have. And then the question, of course, that everybody w- w- would always want to know is how are these things funded? Where do you guys um, uh, get uh, funding from? And perhaps as well talk to us about uh, volunteering efforts. I know that you just mentioned that that's what we could do, but if we could go into detail with some of that, that'd be great. But once we're back, we're going to talk about uh, some more of those campaigns that you guys... I'm looking forward to it. Thirteen million kids will be bullied in the U.S. this year. Three million kids will be absent from school because they feel unsafe. You can make a difference. We're back with James Tate, chair of Dallas Chapter of GLSEN. And I want to ask you about another campaign, the campaign that you call Ally Week. What is that about? Yes. Um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, allies, uh, straight allies play a significant role in not only the work that we do, but in um, moving forward um, this trajectory of civil rights. We've seen it in every other piece of uh, civil rights. Um, you know, when we were going through um, what we all identify as being the, probably the largest civil rights movement, mm-hmm. it was honestly um, the white allies mm-hmm. to to African Americans that helped push forward those movements as well. Mm-hmm. The same thing could be said in an LGBT initiative: is straight allies have absolutely helped us helped us get um, to the position that we're in now and helped us move forward in our own agenda. It's really about changing minds, mm-hmm. changing attitudes and changing minds. And that's really what Ally Week is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a student-led initiative that really, um, it, normally in October, I believe, is when we do it. And what it is, is um, straight identified allies in schools take a pledge. For that week, they are going to stand up for their LGBT counterpart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an amazing um, campaign that we've had for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's almost awing to see uh, these you know, straight students saying, this week, I'm standing up for you. Mm-hmm. Something that has nothing to do with me. I don't identify as being LGBT, but um, I'm making a pledge this week to stand up for your beliefs and, and, and you. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, talk to me about Day of Silence. Day of Silence. It's right. probably um, Glisten's largest uh, campaign um, for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Really, the idea sparked out of giving uh, a voice, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. without speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really arose out of saying, one day out of the year, I'm going to pledge to be silent the whole day mm-hmm. in respect and commemoration of LGBT students who are silenced all year long. Mm-hmm. And it has become a phenomenon, honestly. It's celebrated by tens of thousands of students in um, every state in mm-hmm. the U.S. and in 38 countries around mm-hmm. the world. And when is this? Um, it's April 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, was this past Day of Silence had just finished. Uh, Glisten Greater Dallas participated in a variety of ways. We helped facilitate a lot of the programming in the schools with the current Gay Straight Alliances mm-hmm. um, who normally lead um, the role in their own schools mm-hmm. for the Day of Silence. And they carry around little cards that say, I'm not speaking today because... Dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we helped with that. This year was the first year, I believe, that Glisten National had a live tweeting event Um, involved. So even if you weren't involved in a school that could fully participate Mm -hmm. in the Day of Silence, um, you could still be involved through um, your your Twitter feeds. Correct. Um, And then I personally spoke at the University of Texas at Dallas Mm -hmm. at um, a small symposium that they had in honor of the Day of Silence. And then every year (laughs) after the Day of Silence, following all of the events in the schools throughout the day, uh, we have a Breaking the Silence party, which mm-hmm. we did this year as well. 
um, to where all of the youth, um, after having been silent all day, we throw a huge party for them, and um, they get to be kids, you know, be <laughs> youth, and uh, just celebrate in mm-hmm. in um, who they are as people. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. We'll be right back. Apropos to the moment, I'd like to encourage you to check out the book Illicet, A Time to Begin Again. Illicet is spelled I-L-I-C-E-T, A Time to Begin Again. Illicet is a Latin word that means it is finished. I encourage you to take a read and share. We will be discussing more of that book in the weeks ahead. Undoubtedly, those are two powerful programs, your Ally program and your uh, Silence, Day of Silence program. And you have the straight and gay uh, kids, youths and adults all involved. T- tell me about that. Correct. It's um, the, the direct involvement that we actually have with kids is actually fairly new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was interning with Glisten and I was really... Uh, you know, myself made aware to the issues of bullying and harassment. Um, the capacity that I had at that time was more in um, legislative initiatives and lobbying, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I was somewhat removed from the youth. Uh, so when I came back to Dallas and, and uh, you know, went through the steering committee process and, and became an accredited chapter, was the first time that I really had direct involvement with mm-hmm. youth. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the place where I think that I need to be right now. Um, I wanted, I think I was thirsty to see the um, the evolution and the movement happening in front of me and not be removed from the situation. And it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, speaking, we were just speaking about allies and uh, there's nothing more rewarding for me than to see um, a straight identified ally stand up and know that they could, you know, uh, be persecuted or thought of as being gay themselves. Um, and they say, I'm going to do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's those moments that really captivate me and, and encourage me to continue doing our work. Um, we are uh, very involved um, on a first-hand level mm-hmm. with youth in, in a variety of ways, but uh, the GSA or the Gay Straight Alliance programs that we deal with really has um, impacted me personally because I feel like we are able to start working through the situations and create a, a place of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I was speaking with, with our steering committee, which in turn turned into our board of directors, um, it was very important to me that we did not create um, or even support a, a victim type of situation, mm-hmm. that what we did was turn the situations around mm-hmm. and enable these students mm-hmm. who may have suffered from bullying or harassment Mm-hmm. to become empowered themselves and move forward. Um, encouragement and, and helping the students to develop is, uh, is very important to me. Yeah, that's a wonderful uh, approach. Now, you, I'm sure you know it's very controversial uh, for the gay community in their dealing with their civil rights to equate it with the civil rights movement uh, uh, that the blacks have fought over fought for for many years. Uh, for some people, that's no issue. They see that it's one of the same. But for some people, I'm sure you know they resist it wholeheartedly, Correct. thinking it's different. How do you deal with that? Um, on a personal level, um, I honestly would never want to take away from the civil rights movement um, itself because I think that it's important we put, we pay um, homage and and respect to that community. Uh, However, it is uh, what we're dealing with in the LGBT community now, again in my own opinion, is just the next phase in this trajectory of Mm -hmm. civil rights and ultimately human rights. Mm -hmm. We saw it in women's suffrage movements, Mm -hmm. we saw it throughout um, Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement, and we've moved into the next phase. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, um, the the, uh, discrimination of LGBT identified people is the last form of 
politically acceptable discrimination in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's something, we are living history mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 40 years, I believe that people will look back and go, I can't believe that, what do you mean um, gay men and women couldn't marry someone of the same sex? The same way that I, as a 34-year-old, look back and say, I can't imagine a state where a black man and a white woman couldn't marry. Hmm. I honestly feel that uh, that there are there is some type of equation in those two pieces, and it comes from a uh, not only a policy perspective, hmm. but it comes from a, an inherent sentiment of equity, hmm. and that we are all of the same you know uh, fiber, and we all deserve the same rights. Mm-hmm. So well, that, of course, leads them to another controversy, if you don't mind. Um, a, a lot of people, the resistance to uh, gayness, if you want to call that, call it that, um, or their uh, the excuse that they use to be able to harass or discriminate or bully gay folks um, uh, come from their religious beliefs. Correct. So how do, how do you deal with that? We deal with... <laughs> Um, again, there is, there always needs to be uh, a, a form of reverence given to someone's religious ideology or perspective um, or affiliation. Uh, however, um, this is a country that has no religious law, um, and that's the way that we move forward in, in our initiatives and our agenda. Um, regardless of one's perspective about uh you know, being gay, and if they think that that's um, forbidden or taboo or sin, really plays no part in the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, again, it is imperative mm-hmm. that we provide a safe learning environment for the students, mm-hmm. regardless of anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I feel, honestly, as I said before, that it's it's an immoral imperative that these youth are federally mandated to be in these classrooms for seven hours a day mm-hmm. um, and we need to protect them while they're there that's that's a great great point so l- let me let me let me push this so is there any hidden gay agenda or is this a safety issue I don't understand what a gay agenda is um, <laughs> I'm a gay man obviously and I have no agenda mm-hmm. other than um, a, a global realization that we're all human beings we in this country live in a pluralist society where we can accept more than one idea and I I don't want to convert people I don't think the students want to convert people into being gay it's nonsense um, to even think that Um, it's just I believe that uh, we should all be treated equal in every capacity of our lives uh, especially whenever these students are required to be in school. Um, there should not be any judgment um, uh, or bias against these students. And, you know, first and foremost, they shouldn't have to suffer what they're suffering currently because of who they identify as being. Um, it's not our place to judge the lifestyles of these students. It is our uh you know, it, it is our imperative to give them an environment where they feel safe to learn. Wonderful. Now, when we're back, we're going to talk about how you guys fund all all of this. Is it all free or <laughs> not? Okay, we'll be right back. How do you guys fund these programs? 
the for the most part, um, Galissa National leaves each uh, independent chapter, um, you know, charged with with supplying their own monies to work with. Uh, there are certain grant monies involved. They do provide us with um, a lot of physical materials to utilize when we're doing any type of outreach um, and, and a lot of other things um, they do provide us with. But for the most part, um, we are really left to uh, to raise funding ourselves. And um, we have done so and been pretty successful so far. We are uh, obviously... Um, you know, gracious for any type of donations that we can receive. But we've had some really good response. Um, we're privileged, I guess you could say, to to live in Dallas, which is a hub for a lot of very large corporations, and um, some of which have been extremely supportive in our efforts, both um, through sponsorship and financial donation. Um, in fact, one of the projects that we're working on right now is a, a portrait series called Face Value, where we uh, reached out and captured uh, 11 narratives mm -hmm. from students that had been bullied in the DFW Metroplex. Mm -hmm. And we've created these beautiful um, visual components mm -hmm. that will be displayed in the Frito-Lay headquarters in their didactic hall mm -hmm. uh, for the entire month of June in um, appreciation of, of Pride Month. So uh, that's just one way in mm -hmm. which... Um, we, we've had some really good support. However, uh, we do um, all kinds of fundraising efforts. We just completed last month a, um, a fundraiser called Awaken, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what it was. We were awakening ourselves to um, to, to the DFW uh, market, so to speak. And uh, Joel Burns, Fort Worth City Councilman, who has uh, become an icon in his own right for a YouTube video mm -hmm. that he um, presented, uh, was gracious enough to be an honorary guest uh, at that fundraiser, along with Drew Ginsburg, um, who is uh, a cast member of the show Dallas Most Eligible on Bravo. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's one fundraiser that we had. We have ongoing projects that we're going to um, engage in. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, basically we are left to uh, at the mercy of our communities to provide the financial strength and support for us to uh, really become involved and do the outreaching and programming pieces that we need to do. So uh, again, I'm assuming that if anyone wants to either donate or to find out how they can get involved with any of the initiatives for funding, that they will find that on the website? Absolutely. Or is there, is there, do you have like a distribution list? or um, email list or anything like that, or is it just... Um, we do. We have an okay. archive list that we um, send out um, with any type of announcements mm -hmm. um, or calls to action um, just to let you know interested parties know what's going on with our organization, inside of our community, and ways in which they can get involved. And so if they want to get on that list, how do they do that? Uh, they can do that through our website. Okay. Remember to check out our life blog at matchboxmystery.wordpress.com. I will be putting up a post called Awakened uh, to deal with the bullying issue. It isn't up at this moment of airing, but many of you who get this as the podcast, it should be up by that moment, or keep checking. You will find it. Remember, you can get our podcast on iTunes. It is free or download it from our Block Talk website, or you can find it in several other places, again, including our blog, matchboxmystery.wordpress.com. relationship Griffin has with parents of students who are bullied and harassed? Sure. Um, uh, probably uh, what comes to my mind first is um, that we, Glisten uh, gave me the opportunity uh, while I was interning in D.C. to work with two um, extraordinary women, uh, Tammy Auberg and 
Sergina Walker, uh, both mothers of, of young boys who had taken their life because they were being bullied and harassed. Um, so it it almost gave me a completely different perspective. Never had ha I had the opportunity before to really see the issue through the eyes of a mother who had lost their son because of such a, such um, egregious uh, bullying and harassment. In both of these cases, it was uh, significant. And I think that those situations really left me forever changed. Um, so when, I, when I'm talking about our organization and what we do and the impact that parents make on those situations, um, it, it, it's probably of the greatest importance to me because really, um, for lack of a better word, uh, ignorance breeds ignorance, mm -hmm. and, and it's so true. Mm -hmm. And I speak to this a lot, that um, I don't think that anyone is born evil or with hatred or with bigotry um, towards anything else. Uh, you can see it when when you look at a group of children that are five years old or, or whatever playing their playing with everyone mm -hmm. without bias or opinion. And so these children or these youth are have to learn from somewhere mm -hmm. to be bullies in that, you know, be it they um they hear things that their parents say, um, or the actions of their parents. Um these are learned mm -hmm. principles. This is not something that you're born with. So parents um, and, and GLSEN together play a very important part in um, putting an end, honestly, to bullying and harassment and providing a safe in, in environment. Uh, the first thing that we always encourage parents to do is really to have a conversation mm -hmm. with their kids mm -hmm. um, about the importance <coughs> of diversity and um, acceptance um, and, you know, to really start the conversation with their kids about um, what it means to really look around and go, everyone, even if they have a different idea or opinion or they look different or they act different, mm -hmm. um, that that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, so parents play a, a vital role in what we do. And even on the volunteering end, we're, we're lucky enough to have a lot of parents, even of straight ally students, that are willing to get involved in the process um, and the initiative that we have on a local level mm -hmm. um, to help us spread our message. And I can tell you that parents um, are are the most important figure in spreading the message to other parents. Mm -hmm. It's much easier uh, for one parent to share mm -hmm. with another parent than it is for me as the chair of an organization to try to have that conversation with the parent who would put up much more resistance than from Tommy's mother speaking to Alex's mother mm -hmm. about a situation. So uh, we try to foster those relationships as much as we can mm -hmm. because they help us in our mission. Well, I appreciate that, <coughs> learning that uh, very much. Now, are there any other kind of opportunities for volunteering folks who are not within the school system, not a parent? Are the, can they get involved with GLSEN, or is GLSEN just for educators and parents of students? No, absolutely not. Um, we encourage anyone who really uh, believes in our mission statement and uh, you know believes that all students should um, be provided with a safe learning environment mm -hmm. um, to reach out to us. We have um, many, many ways in which they can be in involved. Even if it's not directly involved with the youth, mm -hmm. they can help in... Um, any of our fundraising campaigns, our awareness campaigns, mm. community outreach to other adults, mm -hmm. um, uh, there are a variety of ways in which they can get involved, mm -hmm. um, and we encourage them to do so. It's it's a really good uh, feeling, you know, to be a part of something mm -hmm. in some capacity. In fact, um, next week I'm flying to Michigan to speak at a law school about volunteerism mm -hmm. and really what that means, mm -hmm. that you are giving up some of your own time to help uh, with some type of subject matter. So um, there may be, uh, and there are currently, volunteers that work with us that don't have children themselves mm -hmm. and have no you know, official capacity inside of any type of educational mm -hmm. environment, but just fundamentally believe that um, we as a society need to give protections to these students because um, that's how they become productive members of society. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't need to say that uh, a student that's not given the same educational experiences as a youth mm -hmm. 
certainly doesn't uh, move in the same direction as a student who has been given all kinds of support and resources in school. Mm-hmm. They're never going to be equitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I highly encourage anyone um, in any environment that wants to, to be involved in, in helping us to reach out. And I hope that a lot of my listeners take a chance to go at the GLSEN website, which is, again? Uh, GLSENDFW.org, G-L-S-E-N-D-F-W.org. And if you're outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you can still get to GLSEN, and what would be that website? It would be uh, www.glsen.org. Or feel free to contact me directly, and I'll put you in touch with uh, someone in, in the community in which you live. Keep our children safe. We'll be right back. Check out the movie Bully, that James Tate referred to earlier. The movie is currently showing in several theaters. You can check out the movie's website, The Bully Project. The shorts you heard at the beginning of this program were from the movie Bully. Encourage your friends to go see it. Talk to us about SoCo. SoCo is um, a, a program that is summit, rather, that is put on by Glissa National. Um, they break it up regionally um, into two different regions um, because of uh, you know where we live here in Dallas, Texas. We were able to attend the summit um, in Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, last month. I will say SoCo stands for the Students of Color Organizing Summit. Mm-hmm. And so it's really an opportunity for um, our organization to bring awareness and really uh, address issues um, of what it means to be a student of color mm-hmm. and also be LGBT identified. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I was able to take two of our youth in, in GSAs in Dallas mm-hmm. uh, with me to Phoenix and um, you may be hearing from one of them later on today. Okay. Uh, but it was such an amazing experience, I think, for everyone because uh, there's such a relationship between um, potentially being categorized as a minority and also being LGBT identified. So it uh, they were set into two tracks and the adults um, who were color allies mm-hmm. um, along with the students of color that mm-hmm. went through two different tracks of programming. So um, as a white ally, we had to really answer questions I had never been faced with. Mm-hmm. What did it mean to be white? What did it mean to be privileged or to be called privileged? Or what does the word privilege even mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas the students were really able to, again, in a safe space, um, discuss things amongst other students of color of what it meant to them to be a student of color mm-hmm. and how that impacted their educational experience. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, what it meant to be a student of color that is LGBT identified. Um, I am confident in saying that everyone left that summit um, more realized uh, and able to give uh, more appreciation to the other side of the equation from both perspectives. But we are, are so lucky that we got to attend this year and very much looking forward to the project that we actually um, developed while we were there. Mm-hmm. Each chapter um, that participated in the summit was uh, given a, a, a prompt, really, to develop their own year-long project. And uh, we, our chapter, uh, basically developed um, service-oriented projects. So. From uh, from this month, from May all the way until next April, uh, we are doing four different service projects that are student-led um, in, in different ways. We're going to build a library, mm-hmm. we're going to clean um, some parks in the area, and really what it does is um, takes the students and enables them to give back, mm-hmm. and it, it really empowers the students and it's completely student-led which I love we only serve as an advisory council mm-hmm. and the students are the ones who go out and motivate other students to become involved now this is an annual summit or correct this is so wonderful I'm excited about the things that I'm 
hearing. Um, almost every time you come on my program, I tell you you have to come back and talk about <laughs> something. <laughs> and I will. <laughs> so I really would want to come and talk about that. That that is so wonderful um, in, in many ways. Thank you. Thank you. See you next week.